like box and Jesus and Jesus and look like box and Jesus and look and look. Jesus said that see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. Nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and famines and plagues and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. Which vision speaks to you this morning. If you were a Hillary supporter, I imagine you went to the election anticipating a heavenly vision of peace and joy like the one spelled out in Isaiah. After the election, with shock and surprise, I suspect you felt and may well still feel as though the world as you have known it is coming to an end as we hear from Jesus during the final week of his life on earth. On the other hand, if you were a Trump supporter, I imagine you went into the election hoping that the world as we know it, or at least the current policies of our government, would come crashing down And after the election, also with some shock and surprise, no doubt, I suspect you felt unbridled hope and optimism. Well, you may be surprised to learn that the sermon I am preaching this morning isn't all that much different than the sermon I would have preached had the election results been different. I was going to ask that St. Paul's be a no-gloat zone, and a no-despair zone, and that is still very much my request. The only difference is that, frankly, I thought that the Hillary supporters would be the ones tempted to gloat, and that the Trump supporters would be the ones in despair. And I was going to urge those of us who supported Hillary to try to understand the frustrations and concerns of the millions of Trump supporters who have felt left out and left behind in the economy and in our political system, even mocked and scorned by the establishment elite. If you are feeling great frustration and despair, that just might give you some understanding of how the other side has felt. No matter who you voted for, I ask everyone to strive for understanding and empathy for those on the other side. So what are we to do? I read one comment this past week to the effect that now that Hillary has lost, we can no longer count on our government to do it for us and that therefore we need to be the ones who carry the fight for justice. Well, I believe that as Christians, we're always called to fight for justice in our country, no matter who the president is. We're called in our baptismal covenant to strive for justice and peace and um, promote the dignity of every 
human being. We can never sit back and count on the government to do it for us. So what should we do? Regardless for whom we voted, and regardless of whether we are thrilled or perhaps appalled by the election results. Well, I urge us to remember that we are Christians first, Americans second, and Republicans, Democrats, or Independents, maybe Green or Libertarian, third. And I pray that we can all respond appropriately. We might start with last week's gospel. You may recall that at the end of Luke's version of the Beatitudes, Jesus implores us to love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, do to others as you would have them do to you. And we could take to heart the suggestions from our bishop in his pastoral letter released following the results of the election. First, Bishop McConnell reminds us, and I quote, that the Church of God, the body of Christ, has a unique and life-giving witness, namely this. In the crucified and risen Jesus Christ, and through his power, we have been called as ambassadors for reconciliation. Second, he reminds us that we are called to pray, to pray for the nation and for our president-elect, that God will fill him with wisdom and prudence, to pray for and with those who are hurt and fearful, and to pray for those whom we imagine to be our enemies. Third, he reminds us to reach out to those who do not think like us or look like us and offer our hand. And finally, he reminds us to seek God's vision and act on it, to lift up the fallen, bind up the broken, protect the weak, empower the poor, give voice to those who have no voice, speaking the truth in love before the rulers of this world. I encourage you to read the bishop's letter in its entirety. It may be found on our website, our Facebook page, and the diocesan website. Now, you probably know that I have not been a Donald Trump fan. I think I may have even called him evil from this pulpit, although I walked that back a little bit in the rest of my sermon. Um, but here's the thing. Even his most ardent supporters would have to admit that he has done some really, or he has said, rather, some really vicious things, and likely done some rather unsavory things. But I am cautiously optimistic. I know that one speech doesn't change everything, um, but his victory speech was gracious and hopeful. 
Hillary's concession speech and President Obama's speech were both gracious and called for unity and support for our president-elect. I believe the office of president changes people for the better. And I know that our system of government has many built-in checks and balances. I believe in the integrity of the many career employees who serve at every level and in the integrity of our military. Perhaps, perhaps I'm more sanguine than most because I lived through and survived up close and personal the transitions from Richard Nixon to Gerald Ford to Jimmy Carter to Ronald Reagan to George H.W. Bush to Bill Clinton. We live in a very resilient nation. So which is your vision for the future? Is it that apocalyptic vision of end times in Luke's gospel? Or the beautiful vision of peace and tranquility in Isaiah? Well, actually, I would suggest that it's not a matter of either one or the other, but both and. Remember that Jesus' dire words end with this promise. Not a hair of your head will perish. And the words from Isaiah come after the apocalypse of Babylonian captivity and the incredible hardships that were faced by the people upon their return to Jerusalem. We know the rest of the story of Jesus' resurrection and new life. Isaiah's vision is Jesus' vision for us. New heavens and a new earth, the former things will not be remembered. Be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. Jesus is calling each of us to work towards this new heaven and new earth a place where all will be reconciled to God, where things that were cast down are being raised up, and where all things are being brought to their perfection by him through whom all things were made, Jesus Christ. Donald Trump is not our savior. Hillary Clinton would not have been our savior either. Jesus Christ is our savior. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to him from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.